This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Here comes Sacramento. Three on one. Bagley the step. Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the book and send it to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top. Of the Kings record book. Oh, I like to see Fox Force 5 in the open court. Fox into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we always do. How are you doing, Rich? I'm at peace, Brendan. I'm at peace. I I have let go of my attachment. To Dwayne Dedman, I have let go to my attachment of a couple second-round picks. Um, you know, I'm at ease. Uh, you know, uh, life is suffering. You, you just can't get too attached to things. You can't get too attached to the playoffs. You know, things happen. Things come. They go. I'm very zen right now. How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, uh, I can't say I've ever been a Jabari Parker fan. I've literally always talked crap about him. I think every time he was mentioned in the offseason, I would just say he's the worst defender I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, I think he's going to be great on the floor next to Buddy Heald. I'm just really looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I see. I would have guessed you would have been a fan. Just, I mean, he feels like an Austin Rivers level of players. No, so no, just, no, no, no. Listen, hustle point. guys, hustle guys. Jabari Parker doesn't have enough effort. He literally is somebody on Twitter posted a quote of Jabari Parker saying like, listen, if everybody's going to say it's my uh, def- defense is my weakness, I'm just focusing on my strengths. You could say everyone's weakness is defense. And I go, all right, sure. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Okay, so the Sacramento Kings made a trade last night with the Atlanta Hawks. They sent out Dwayne Dedman and uh, a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick. Uh, uh, I think it's important that – The Houston 2020. Yeah, the 2020s Houston and then the 2021 is Miami. Okay, thank you. And then in return, they received Jabari Parker and Alex Len. Alex Len is an expiring contract. Jabari Parker has a player option uh, for $6.5 million next season. Yeah, and he's more than likely going to pick that up. Uh, You know, he has a lot of injury concerns, and he started this year fairly well, but I believe he's missed something like 19 of the last 20 games. Um, He's been pretty much getting reevaluated in two weeks for – uh, a good stretch now and the most recent reevaluated in two weeks would have had him uh, at some point earlier in this week so maybe we can hope to see him soon um, I believe Alex Lynn has an injury going on currently as well and was 
a little bit further out than that, though. So don't expect to see him quite yet. Well, don't you know that the only reason the Kings are losing is because of injuries? So I was just adding. We should probably this. trade for player, players that are injured. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, again, this trade. I am not like ups- I'm, I can't get upset. I can't get excited. Uh, do you want to slap a grade on this thing? We can talk about some things around it, but um, I think we're just doing a mini episode tonight, reacting to this trade. Do you want to slap a grade on it? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I did kind of think of a grade, and I think it's kind of important to preface that you know this is based off what they had in Deadman now, because obviously it's disappointing to sign Deadman in the off season and then have to dump him in this way but based on what he was now and that being a bad value and them looking to obviously extend Bogdanovich this uh or sorry sign Bogdanovich this offseason and restricted free agency uh, making that feel a little bit easier for them even though they could have done it no matter what um yeah I, I'm still I mean this isn't great I I settled on like a C plus where were you at with this yeah, it's totally fine for me. I mean, I wouldn't give anyone guff for saying a B minus, um, but C plus feels more correct to me. Um, just based on the poll I put out there, it seems like that's about that's about where the eight hundred and fifty something people that voted on it are at as well. Like C, forty three percent, B thirty eight percent. So you know, like C plus, C plus works. I think that's great. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, and I guess, what do you think of these two players? I mean, they're not going to be here that long, but I don't know. I think Alex Len, if he can, interestingly, forgot how to shoot this year, just like Deadman did. You know, last year was 36%. This year so far for him has been 25% from three. Um, so I don't know. But I think Alex Len is – I kind of settled on thinking that he does everything a little bit below average. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm not like worried about him for getting how to shoot too much necessarily. He did, he did all right for a, a season and like that's on, you know, pretty small sample size. Like he just, he was never a shooter for the what four, five years before that. So it's not, I don't feel like it's like a Deadman level fall, but you're right. Uh, you're right that it's been lower this season, but that's also on a, a very small sample size. He's only taking 53s. So, um, yeah, but no, yeah. I mean, he's like a – he's better than most centers you'll find in the G League. Um, but that's not saying too Oof, much. Yeah. Do you think he's better than Eric Mika? Um, I think his defense is. I, I mean, I think Mika is like an outstanding rebounder. But I think that Alex Len's rim protection is is decent. I think that, you know, maybe he's he's definitely slow, uh, but so the Kings aren't going to be able to do like that show coverage that they really like. But if you put him in a drop, I, I think that he surprised me with having good hands and decent verticality to him. He's just slow with his feet. So I think his rim protection uh, makes him more valuable than Mika, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's not it's, – uh, it's not like he's dead weight completely again nothing to get like really excited about and my concern is more how all this is going to work let's say that Bagley were healthy and and obviously one day he will be or that's what the Kings hope 
Um, they didn't, you know, the Kings didn't trade Bielitsa. So now you've got Bagley, Bielitsa, Giles. Let's say that Holmes gets healthy soon as well. Now you've got Holmes. That's four guys in the front court before we even talk in Jabari Parker and Alex Len. I mean, there's, I mean, you're just not going to have six guys in, in the rotation in two spots, right? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, and considering Marvin's played basketball reference has 88% of his minutes at center. Um, and I know that they said that that was kind of just uh, going on until he got comfortable and was able to learn the system and expand into maybe a different role, kind of hinting at that power forward. But I don't know where center minutes are going to come behind, like you said, Holmes and Alex Len and Harry Giles seems like the guy to get cut out of the rotation only because he was out of it before um, until these injuries yeah. happened. And yeah, like you're saying, Parker is a, a definitely a weird fit here too. Yeah. Um, it, it's a weird fit and he is, you know, he's in his sixth season uh, and he's torn his ACL, the same ACL twice. It's not, I don't know. People are getting excited about him and I just don't, share that excitement I, I think that he is a talented player um, probably not going to add much to an NBA team because he just hasn't done that so far and so it would be surprising to see him start to do that in Sacramento because that's it's kind of rare that that happens like you know how many times have the Kings picked up a player kind of as a throw-in situation and then he just like figured it all out and became like a next level great player I don't know um maybe they get like a a Rashawn Holmes type awakening from Jabari Parker but I think that Holmes showed a lot more previously in limited minutes than Parker has but yeah I mean he's he's also just no spring chicken we I've seen a lot of people refer to him as like a young option and and yeah he he came into the league very young but he is turning 25 soon and that's five and a half years he's had in the league now, more than five and a half years coming on six. So, and with the, with the knee stuff, it just doesn't feel the ceiling isn't there. Yeah. I mean, I think just, you know, like reading around a lot about him today and seeing that the feeling around the league is that he's going to pick up that $6.5 million player option for next season in a market where there's not very many good players and the teams that have money are young teams and they're not going to take on this, relatively young player I think really speaks to Jabari Parker I wouldn't be upset if he didn't get minutes on this team at all to be honest like I'd rather you know mate like like we're saying this front court is crowded I don't want to see him at the three obviously I'd much rather minutes go to Justin James oh you know he's gonna play at the oh, three God. you yeah. know he's gonna play at the three don't even act like he's not going to play at the yeah. three for this game. And to be fair, like, I think his offense can be decent. I don't think he's quite a shooter, but, you know, there's times where the offense gets a little stagnant, and I think that he can get downhill and somewhat create, but that's, like, it. And it's no, a little sure. out of control at times. He's a super gifted offensive player, like, and he has been his whole life, but that's just – it's not like – he's not – you know, it's not even on the level of, like, an Amanya Bielitsa where he can create super efficient shots. Um, and then, you know, maybe the defense you just don't worry about too, too much. But even with Bielitsa, the the concerns come in when the defense is that bad. Even with Buddy Heald, the concerns come in when the defense is bad. And it's a defensive issue. I, I worry that he'll be miscast as a three. I worry that he'll take minutes from Giles. I, I guess that isn't that much of a concern if it if the Kings really are 
not going to be pursuing a future with him. Uh, but it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. He, I definitely feel like that 6.5 million is better than market value. So you got to kind of view that as a negative, a negative asset. And then you kind of have to view Len considering there already is depth there as kind of a, a, as kind of a nothing kind of a neutral, maybe it gets a little better than that. Maybe I'm painting it as a little too bleak there, but the best part about this trade undeniably, as anyone will tell you is, is the savings in, in money. Right. And that's only six and a half million next season, assuming Jabari Parker picks up that option. Are you currently paying off student debt? Interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. Like you said, Jabari Parker is a little bit of a negative asset, but like you said, yes, six and a half million less negative than what Deadman would be next year. So if that makes it easier for the front office and ownership to feel comfortable paying Bogdanovich, which a lot of reports are coming out that they're looking to do that, obviously they didn't move him. Um, then I guess that works for me. And the price they paid, these are two like 50, 50 plus picks. Like those don't really matter very much to me. And I think getting 7 million in cap space for those picks um, is fine value there. Um, are you, how do you feel about them not moving Bielitsa? Well, I'm going to take you up on like five things you just said in that last sentence before we move on. Okay. One, they're not adding any cap space. They're not adding room under the cap. That's they're not right. I didn't. Yeah, no, no. I didn't mean that. It's just if it makes them feel better because they'd be spending less money overall. Right. They're saving six point five million dollars from the bottom line of their bill. The you know the the owners that pay for the team will save the six point five million. But a it's not it's not cap space created. So anyone that is saying that is is mistaken and 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 I know you get that but a lot of people a lot of people don't get that um and are thinking that this is creating the ability to sign new free agents and that's just a mistake that's just a misconception that's one number two there was never an issue with re-signing Bogdanovich he's a restricted free agent they could have matched any price even if it were a max period um and they could have matched a max offer for Bogdanovich and still not hit the luxury tax line. So we're not talking about it in terms of it's not real. It's not honest, quite frankly. It's not honest to say that it it makes keeping Bogdanovich possible or even easier. It just makes it slightly cheaper for the ownership group. It's that that's it. That's what this is. And um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people out there saying one thing, and it's 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 dishonest. Uh, it's quite frankly dishonest um, to say that this made it possible because the team and everyone, the same people are saying that the Kings were going to sign Bogdanovich anyway. The Kings are going to keep Bogdanovich. We've been hearing that for so long from everywhere, from the team. It's been, you know, the Kings are going to keep him. And now now they're saying, well, we wouldn't have been able to actually 
but now we can because of this trade. It's like, okay, well, you're kind of either you were lying before or you're lying now. So those, those statements are incongruent, but what it does, yeah, it makes the, makes affording this team a little, a little more affordable, this roster. And that's totally fine. That's totally great. I totally respect that. Um, you know, Jerry Reynolds today said it perfectly. Uh, let me just find this tweet real quick. Yeah. He said, uh, sure. You can say the trade helps you sign bogey, but you could have always signed bogey. Anytime you can save $6 million, you do it. That's what this is. It's a saving $6 million. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. And if, and if that, you know, like you're saying, I mean, they were saying the entire time they were going to sign Bogdanovich no matter, but this, this makes ownership a little more comfortable. I mean, that is the priority here. Um, then, you know, this is fine by me. Like I said, I think that this is a decent trade. Um, it sucks that Deadman turned out this way, but yeah, you're totally spot on. This wasn't necessary to bring back Bogdanovich a little bit. I just, I don't believe that for a, a second. I'm just going to like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm losing it a little bit here. I don't believe for a second that that was the, if, if they're saying we would not have kept Bogdan Bogdanovich if we didn't save $6 million of just over the cap salary, not even touching the salary cap. And I mean, excuse me, not even touching the luxury tax. Well, this $6 million allows us to keep bogey. I'm sorry. Like I think that's bullshit. You could have figured out a way to save that money and good teams, good teams that run the, that like try to win games, try to win, try to make playoffs, good teams with good owners. They do spend up to the luxury tax if they need to, to keep a good player. So that I just think that's, that's bullshit quite honestly. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair, but I, all I sort of mean is if this makes ownership, I mean, it, it does just lighten the loads of the It saves them pocket. $6 million, right. period, in a sense. Right. And that's a good thing to do. Like, we both graded the trade positively, but we don't need to make this about Bogdan Bogdanovich because it's just not. Yeah, that's fine by me. Um, so back to that question that I had, what do you think about them not moving on from Bielita, not getting assets for him? Um, I mean, if they were really so worried about <laughs> keeping Bogdanovich, like that was another option too. I mean, and, and Hey, they may still move, move on from him. They may waive him. He is a non-guarantee, uh, you know, next season. So I don't know. I, I, I can't, I don't know what offers were out there or anything. So I can't be like, well, they, they had an offer they should have taken. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying that if, if the Kings truly could not, have signed Bielitsa if they didn't get a few extra million dollars. You know, there's many ways to save a few extra million. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I'd like to think that he was somewhat valued, but you have a good point of we don't know what offers were out there. Um, I, I think that, you know, at some point you're going to lose him for nothing. So it would have been nice to get what I think would be a halfway decent asset back for him. Um, but maybe those offers were not out there like you're saying. And yeah, aside from that, it was a, there's a pretty quiet deadline for Kings, but around the league, uh, the rest of it was pretty crazy. Um, is there anything else you really want to touch on here, man? I know we don't have all too long today. Yeah, not really. Um, I think that it's worth mentioning that, that you like this trade for the Kings. I like this trade for the Kings. It is uh, wise to save money when you can, um, but you can't discuss that fully 
uh, and truly and, and honestly without talking about where that money came from originally. Um, and you wanted to sign Deadman. I wanted to sign Deadman. That's great. So like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh my God, they made such an obvious mistake in paying Deadman. But when it starts to stack up and you see they paid this money to Deadman and it, it didn't work and they had to give up assets to, to get off of it. And then they paid this money to Ariza. Uh, and then he turned out to not help the team really at all. And then they gave, you know, they gave this money to George Hill and then he didn't end up helping the team. You know, they traded Zach Randolph in the second year of, of his deal where he got 20, excuse me, he got $12 million to not play basketball. You got to start looking back at this and start thinking like, okay, so that's $25.5 million in the offseason that basically in cap space, because I mean, that's, we're not even talking about spending here. We're talking about ability to actually improve your team. They just didn't go to improving the team. And then years back, you look at that, the signings of Zach Randolph and George Hill a couple of years ago, that was another 30 something million dollars that could have been used to improve the team and it didn't improve the team. Like it's just one of those things where these trades are totally fine trades, totally acceptable trades, but like they speak to a larger issue, which is that the Kings have really, really struggled to improve their team. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, there's not very many guys that you're bringing in and they get better because there's a good system going on in Sacramento. I think Holmes' situation isn't him uh, getting properly utilized. I think he just wasn't given an opportunity like this before. He wasn't giving the playing time. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard to have faith in the free agent signings that are going on as complementary pieces. And obviously the draft picks have been uh, – missed on a good few of them here as well so I mean yeah we know it's a little bit of a bleak situation in Sacramento right now but hopefully these guys can maybe have a little bit of an impact that Len can I think he can at least replace what we were currently getting from Deadman here um, with maybe a little bit worse rim protection Um, and yeah maybe Jabari Parker gives you some minutes here and there but really just at this point in the year looking for more development from Fox and you need Bagley to get healthy, get out there and play. And then obviously going to be waiting and watching this bogey uh, off season talks. The Kings pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it. So it sounds smooth and professional and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm glad they didn't trade Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, I'm glad that they are going to, you know, going to be keeping him, that they've They've been very clear about that. It seemed like they were already very clear about that and very decided on that. Um, so whatever. But um, that's the kind of, you know, that's just kind of, I think that the Kings made a slightly positive move here and made no negative moves. Um, and that's a good thing. Obviously it's a slightly good thing, but 
you just at a certain point you have to wonder if the bar is too low when so many makes seem to happen and then there's these small positives that I personally struggle to celebrate them or to praise them. Um, I wrote an article for the SAC beat today just basically saying, you know, this is a team that needs to do better than, you know, if, if all their if all their good moves are just slightly fixing bad moves, uh, it's just not enough, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, I, I think this was a good deal, but it's hard to overlook the, yeah, like you said, I mean, the bad deal that turned out to be that Deadman contract and we wanted it at the time, but you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. And yeah, I mean, they did a decent job at this deadline, but um, just they're still, they, they need to improve with these decisions in the first place, like you're saying, and not be stuck with having to make these decisions at the deadline. But what, what do you, what do you, are you sad to see Deadman go? And, and what do you, now that it's over, now that it's, it's truly over, I mean, what do you think happened? Is it, is this just, I don't know. Like, it makes are we just a hundred percent blaming Deadman for this? Uh, I mean, I, I think his confidence got absolutely stripped from him from the start. But to be fair, I mean, he was pretty terrible. And Holmes emerged as really like a star for this team. He was the best player on this team. Um, maybe he didn't need to get yanked completely from the rotation. So I, I don't think his confidence was helped by the front office. Um, but I don't know what else you can put it on when he just literally can't hit a shot and is throwing the ball out of bounds uh, left and right, you know? Like, I, I, I don't think there's a culture in Sacramento that's going to make him feel good even when he's not playing. Um, and just, yeah, I don't think that there is a culture that's going to do that and his play – was very subpar. I'm not sad to see him go at this point. He had plenty of opportunity, um, especially recently with all of these injuries to Holmes and Bagley um, to really show out and be better. And he's been good defensively, but he still can't hit a shot to save his life. Uh, Still some bad turnovers in that Timberwolves game. There was like a four on one break and he dribbled it up and turned it over. Um, So I think that Sacramento could have handled things better, but I would put a lot of this on Detman. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, I mean, that's, I think that's fair. And that's, that's where I really struggle with this because I want to put this responsibility on Deadman. Um, but then like, it just, after a certain amount of time, you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll blame Deadman for not figuring it out with the Kings. And I guess I'll blame Ariza for not figuring it out with the Kings. And I guess I'll blame Zach Randolph for not figuring it out with the Kings. I guess I'll blame George Hill for not figuring it out with the Kings. And then it's figuring like at a it certain out in point, <laughs> It's like a, at a certain, yeah. Well, at a certain point, it's like, even if it's not your fault, you, it's still not good. Like, it's still a really, like, it's a type of thing that makes you look awful. Even if, even if, like, we accept, hey, it's really, it's really not like, you know, Vlade's fault or whoever is, you know, negotiating this deal or, or whatever. It's not the owner's fault, whatever, whatever. It's not Williams or Canelo, whatever. It doesn't matter if it's not, even if it's not on the Kings, it's like at a certain point, you just gotta, you just gotta, like, you just gotta make it work. Like you've just got to do it better. And, and like, it's the type of thing that, 
will put pressure on your job. Even if you're doing a good job, even if you're making all the right moves yourself at a certain point, if the results don't there, it's, it's just, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough on your image. It's going to be rough for the fan base. It's just going to be rough. And thankfully there are small positives. Darren Fox was the right pick at number five uh, uh, in the 2018 draft. I, I really, you know, I think that that was, they nailed it there. I think Rashawn Holmes has like, that's been an absolutely killer deal there. Um, you know, there's a lot of meh in between. And then there's these really, really, really bad, bad looks. And at a certain point, it's just like, all right, well, you, you just got to get more in the positive column or else, you know, you know, people will start to start to ask questions. Yeah. And it's totally fair too. And uh, I guess they did a decent job of salvaging it, but moving forward from here, like you said, yeah, they need another hit on this draft picks the same way that they did with Fox. Um, and then maybe you could start to piece it pieces together. You know, they do have um, really a promising piece in Bogdanovich that it sounds like they're looking to keep around, thankfully. And we know Buddy Hill can be a great player um, when he is optimized and uh, rightfully using his skill sets, which seems to be happening uh, a, a little bit of a slow process, but seems to be coming along a little bit here. So there are things to look forward to. You know, I, I, people like to point out how this isn't a young team, but the main pieces of this team are still relatively young. And this like, is not a young team, man. I'm telling no, but you. But the cornerstones are De'Aaron no, Fox and Marvin Bagley. No, no, no. There is De'Aaron Fox. Okay, De'Aaron Fox is, the, is like the future of this team. He is young. Marvin Bagley you're jumping the gun by calling him the cornerstone. He, you know he's not done much, and you know that he's been hurt. We haven't seen him on, on the court enough. He hasn't produced enough to be a cornerstone. And those are the only two guys that are young. There's Harry Giles, who an option has declined at 22, and there's Justin James, who won't get a lick of playing time for some reason. And that's it, man. Yeah, I mean – uh, I think, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm jumping the gun with Colin Bagley a cornerstone. I, I think going into the year, we would have called him that, but these injury concerns are definitely can, are definitely an issue in coming up here. But they have young talent they can move forward with at very least. Like, it, I get what you're saying. That if, you take, if you took De'Aaron Fox off this team, would you, would any, in your wildest dreams, would anyone ever call this a young team? No, but the fact that so you it's, have so it's, it's your De'Aaron. best player is that young. So then it's not a young team. It's a young player on a not young okay. team. It's one, sure, young, yeah. it's one young piece on a not young team. Anyway. Yes. And then, yeah, and then Bagley with the injury asterisk, which is getting very concerning at this point. But, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm frustrated because I've seen so much defense of the Kings recently when I just don't think that it's quite warranted because and I, I we can wrap this up. This was supposed to be a mini episode. I'd like to keep it a mini episode, but it's you know there are other things that the that the team has done that just don't look good. I mean, I didn't even touch on on the Bagley pick. I don't plan on really getting into that. I mean, you know, you fire the coach who after the, the most winning, the winningest season in 13 years and, and you lose less games, it's just not going to look good. There's just so much going wrong for this team that I, I can't be satiated by like a $6 million in savings for the owner. Like that, that doesn't do it for me. That's not, I'm not going to sit here and be like with all this shit that's going wrong with this team, 
I'm not going to sit here and, and applaud a $6 million savings for, for the owners of this team. I'm just not. And, and the reality of the situation is like people are doing that. Like this is being called an accomplishment. This is being like rated as a trade that is a win. Like, you know, and this is being pitched and spun as if it is, it is like a meaningful move that is going to change the fortunes of this team. It's, it's fucking absolutely not that. So I don't know. I, I, I get that De'Aaron Fox is young, but that's pretty much the only thing the Kings have got going in it. You know, it's maybe Bagley can figure it out and get healthy and get better. And then, you know, other than that, it's, that's pretty much it as far as hope. Oh, and there was no pick in the first round last year because that had been traded away too. There are mistakes, man. And these mistakes are just far bigger than the victories. So I, I'll shut up now, but that's it for me. No, I mean, you have you have all fair points. I know uh, Kings fans definitely uh, feel, feel the pain that you're expressing here. And I totally understand where you're coming from, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think that's all I got for this one, man. Any, anything else you need to get out here? No, you gotta stop asking me if I have anything else because I'll always. Well, just you keep seem like you do right now. Then. <laughs> I know, but you gotta cut me off at some point. All right, all I'm, right. A, I'm an addict for just screaming nonsense. Uh, you're a Kings fan, so that is. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. You hear from us again in the next couple of days.